Heavenly Father, we come now in the name of Jesus and we say thank you for this day that you've made. We're rejoicing and glad in it. We're glad to be on this side of dirt, God, understanding that you did not have to allow us to make it safely through the course of the night. It's not because we've been so good, but it's because you've been so good unto us that we're yet here. So we thank you, God, for those who have been on the battlefield, gave their lives that we might have uh, democracy and choice here in America. And God, we understand that it's not um, just men and women that did the fighting. You did it for us. You went before uh, us and made the way plain. So we thank you, God, for all you've done. Even now, God, I ask you to just continue to bless each and every listener, whether they've dialed in or whether they're watching me via the internet, on YouTube or on Facebook. I pray even now, God, you might just minister unto their hearts Whenever they hear this word, allow the word to penetrate their spirit, that they might be doers and not just hearers of the word also, uh, only. And then, then God, if someone has to make a life-changing decision, a salvific choice, I pray that when they hear this message, they will harden out their hearts, but they will accept you as their personal Lord and Savior. It's in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, who is our Christ, and the redeemed of the Lord said, amen, amen. Amen. Again, we thank God for you being here with us today uh, and understanding there's so many things you could be doing, even as you've been uh, used to being at home and been protecting yourself as we're still in the pandemic. Uh, I know that you can listen to three, four sermons during the course of one day. I'm grateful you chose to listen to me to see what God wants to say to his man servant unto you. So we thank you as we are in this series. The last couple of weeks, we've start a series entitled The Voice of God in the Earth. The series, again, is called The Voice of God in the Earth. And week one, we talked about He Will Make a Way, and that came from 1 Kings uh, chapter 17, verse 8 through 16. Uh, those of you that remember the sermon or those of you that are Bible scholars, you remember it's about Elijah and how he went down to Zarephath and he saw the widow there and how God used the manservant to make a way for the woman and her son, how he told her uh, to uh, what to do, how to feed him first. And she was obedient to the voice of God in the earth through the manservant. And she was blessed uh, and her whole household was blessed for about a year. She didn't run out of food uh, because she uh, took care of Elijah first. And so then last week we talked to you from, again, the same sermon series. We talked to you from the subject, you have the power. That was from John chapter 14, verse 22 through 27. And we we're letting you know that uh, the Holy Spirit, of course, is the power that comes unto every believer. Once you get saved, you have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And I told you that uh, the Holy Spirit makes known the saving work of Jesus Christ. So therefore, you can't really know him without knowing him. Uh, you, it's one thing to say you know um, me or know of me, but unless... You really know me and we've talked and spent time together. You don't really know me. So the uh, same thing with the Lord. The, our relationship with him is based on the Holy Spirit uh, working with us and working through us. And the Holy Spirit makes known the saving work of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is present in and with the church. And in, in other words, with the believer, the Holy Spirit is in the believer. So therefore, we'll do the work of ministry because the Holy Spirit always prompts us to do so. Then the Holy Spirit sanctifies us. I told you that and how sanctification is about is a, is a daily process, how God is trying to make us more like him. So um, 
those were the two sermons that we preached unto you thus far from the series, The Voice of God in the Earth. And today I ask you to turn to John chapter 10. Uh, prayerfully, you're there by now. I just want you to uh, look at the, just a few verses today from John chapter 10. Allow your eyes to go down to verse 26. Verse 27 is what I'll be lifting up, but I just need to read two other verses to give this some context. New, reading from the New Revised Standard Version, it reads like this. But because you are not my sheep, you refuse to believe. My sheep listen to me. Excuse me. My, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Let me read that again. Uh, be, but because you are not my sheep, you refuse to believe. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Let me read verse 27 because this is where I'm coming from today that'll sum, sum up the whole sermon. My sheep listen to me. Excuse me, my, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Amen. I want to talk to you for the time the Spirit allots unto us from the subject, the shepherd's voice. The shepherd's voice. If we were at the Southern Church, I'd ask you to repeat the title after me. Go ahead and say it one time, the shepherd's voice. You say Pastor Robeson talked about the shepherd's voice. Growing up in church, I've heard the word shepherd most of my life. I hear it in church all the time. I hear the word sheep all the time. The, this is church jargon. And of course, uh, the, the word sheep really implies or refers to followers of Jesus. The church, that's who sheep are. Each and every one of us ought to be sheep. Uh, the shepherd is the one who tends the sheep. The shepherd, the shepherding is a, a common, humble vocation. And the image is used figuratively um, to describe God's activities and for Jesus. And it's also used equivalently with the word pastor. Uh, the pastor is the shepherd. Um, and God has decided to use this, this, this phraseology, this, this, this jargon, if you will, to help us understand uh, the relationship that we ought to have with him. And because God's voice is, is still here in the earth, he has taken his son, the good shepherd, away, but he's left pastors and preachers here to be under shepherds. The pastor is the under shepherd to minister unto you, to give you the voice of God in the earth. Um, and unfortunately, because the enemy will have you focus on negative, uh, negative negativity and negative things that have gone on with some pastors, you may or may not feel that we are still God's voice here in the earth. But I want you to know that uh, I'm grateful that that that. Uh, at the Southern Church, I've challenged the people to know the Word of God and follow me as I follow Christ. I I I, I, I beckon unto you now. Don't don't get led astray. Don't get messed up by those who have not stood on the wall, who have not sounded the trumpet, who have not done right, who have not shown you right, who have not taught you right. I understand there's a lot of doctrines out there, but make sure you know the Word of God for yourself, so you'll know when somebody is preaching and teaching the truth. And and here you, I want you to understand that the Bible describes Jesus as the great shepherd. 
Um, those of us who have surrendered our lives to him are like sheep in his flock. The shepherd spends an enti- uh, his entirety waking hours, his entire waking hours, caring and tending to the flock. Um, there are no nights and weekends off per se. And that's just like a role of the pastor here in the earth. Uh, speaking for myself and other pastors, I know we're always talking about uh, the church, the body of Christ, the sheep that are in our flock, uh, the work God has called us to do. And yes, even during the course of the night, it's sometimes hard for me to sleep because I'm thinking about you and I'm thinking about the work of the Lord and I'm praying for you. And I'm, I'm grateful uh, that when I got to the Southern Church almost 14 years ago, um, I met with the deacons and we were, it was the very first meeting. In fact, it was right around, um, it was it was uh, the end of June and uh, uh, 14 years ago. And we were, we were in uh, a discussion about my package and we were in discussion about uh, roles. And one of the deacons who has uh, gone on to be with the Lord, Deacon Claiborne Pryor, uh, told me what I did not have to do. He he began to tell me my role and he didn't, I didn't know who he was really. He didn't know who I was. And my flesh almost kicked in to tell him, don't tell me what to do. I know my job. But what he did, he mapped it out, not just for me, but for the other disciples, uh, the deacons, letting them know that their job was to tend to the flock by by visiting the sick and shut and checking on, on those in the congregation. And he made it known that my job was to lead and feed. He didn't say it just like that, but he said, you just preach the gospel and pray for us and, and we'll be okay. And you lead us the way God wants us to be led. I understood my job because this is not my first pastor. I understand what God has called me to do. But unfortunately, there's so many people that have abused the privilege of being of the burden and the privilege of being uh, a pastor to God's people, uh, mis, mis, being misinformed or misunderstanding what our role is, and how people come to us and they're broken and they're open, and how sometimes people abuse uh, the sheep. And I want you to understand that everybody's not doing that. It's a small percentage uh, that may be fleecing the flock. So don't get mad at every pastor. Don't get mad at the church of Jesus Christ. Don't get mad at everybody that's on the battlefield for the Lord because of what a handful of people have done, a small handful of people have done. But in the text here, uh, so I put it in the context for you, I want you to understand that Jesus is now dealing with the Jews and um, he's he's dealing with the religious folk and he's letting them know from the beginning of chapter 10 of verse of, of St. John, he's letting them know how he is the, the sheep gate that really the, the, the anyone going in has to come through him and and his sheep know his voice and and they won't listen to another voice. That's why I kept mis, uh, pronouncing and misreading that that verse because it is it's repeated in three different ways in this same chapter, how Jesus is driving home this point. That's why I figure verse 27 can wrap the whole chapter up for us, how Jesus made it clear again, because they still didn't understand how uh, what he was saying, because he uh, said that he was sent by the father. And then he says it one more time unto him. And he says, listen, anybody, a thief will break in and steal. Any uh, the thief comes, but to steal, kill and destroy. He tells us that in verse 10. And then he says, if, if you really, the shepherd, the shepherd will will speak to the sheep and the sheep know his voice and they will not follow another voice. And then uh, they they got ready to stone him and kill him. And Jesus had to break it down for them one more time saying, listen, uh, take a look at my works. My works ought to speak about who I am and what I've done. And and they said, well, um, 
anybody can do good works. So well, why would you kill me for good works then? And then he again reiterated one last time saying, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And I want you to understand again today that uh, the shepherd's voice is so important. Uh, sometimes people will get upset with their pastor and say, well, uh, he is just a man like me or she's just a woman just like me. Well, we're men and women. That's true. We're 100% human individuals. But God is saying something special to us that he wants us to say to you. And so you ought not cut off your nose and spite your face. You ought not get too angry with us because things aren't going the way you want it to go. That God is speaking to us about the entire work of ministry that he has placed us under. And the burden is not going to be on you. It's going to be on us to carry out what God would have us do. So therefore, I want you to understand as I Take a look at these, this one verse, uh, verse 27 again of John 10, 27. It says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Well, I want to let you know, I'm at my first point here that there's some tension in the text. I see some tension in the text. Yeah, uh, some things aren't going right. Some things, he says, my sheep, that's a good place for me to stop right there. He says, my sheep. In other words, he's letting us know all the sheep do not belong to the shepherd. See, there's we have to understand that God created each and every one of us in his image and his own likeness. And everybody that goes in the church is not a Christian, just like you going in the garage doesn't make you an automobile. Everybody that cries out, Lord, Lord, won't be saved. Everybody that acts like they know him, don't know him. That Jesus makes it clear to the Jews that uh, my sheep hear my voice. He made it clear earlier in the chapter. He says uh, he has other sheep and other foals, but in the end, he's going to gather all the sheep together to make one foal and we will know him. And we will, when he calls us, we will know his voice. His sheep know his voice. See then. So what this is saying unto me, he's talking about election, the doctrine of election, election, election is nothing more than God's choosing of a people to enjoy the benefits of salvation and to carry out God's purpose in the, in the world. He calls us and we don't call ourselves. And so we've got to make sure that every single day you get up, you ought to give God praise, glory, and honor because he called you. You didn't call yourself. While we were walking with our back toward God, God saw fit to save us and to sanctify us and set us free. Then somebody right now ought to be able to put in the chat, I praise God for salvation. Somebody ought to be waving their hand. Somebody ought to be excited about the work of Jesus Christ that's still going on in the world, that while our world just seems to be going crazy, upside down, even in the pandemic, there's been more shootings, more killings, and more gun violence in New York City than it has in the past 10 years, while America, numbers in America seem to be straightening out in terms of the number of people that have contracted the COVID-19 virus. Numbers are on the rise all over the world. I want us to understand that God has chosen us to enjoy the benefits of salvation. And if, if, if we leave here because of death through uh, COVID-19, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. If you die in a car accident or any other kind of way, you need to be glad to, and know that God has called you at this season to be saved. Everybody that hears the word of the Lord won't respond to it. Some hearts are so hardened because the enemy always reminds them of all the negativity, but I'm grateful to God that if, if you have uh, given your life to the Lord, you are a sheep according to the word of God, and Jesus 
Jesus is the shepherd and you will listen to him. So the tension in the text is that everybody is not a sheep. But what he says again is my sheep, listen to my voice. I'm at the second point. Uh, second thing is that uh, not only is there tension in the text, there's testimony in the text. Yes, it is. I just read it for your hearing. He said, my sheep, listen to my voice. And I know them. I know them. I know them. Because here what he's saying is that uh, uh, he knows us. I don't know about you, but every now and then, I'm glad that somebody's willing to vouch for me. Uh, one of my friends said to me just this past week, uh, I'll vouch for you, man, uh, that that God uh, turns to Jesus and Jesus has already covered us with his precious blood, that in spite of all we're going through, God uh, has Jesus uh, vouch for us. How does he do this, Roberson? You asked a real good question. He did that through vocation and justification. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Vocation uh, comes from the Latin word uh, vocare, which means to call, to call, to call. And God's calling to a per persons is to be Christians and to follow Jesus. God is calling us to be Christians, and we are known as Christians as we are followers of Jesus Christ. And also, God calls people to certain works of professions or ways of life uh, as avenues of Christian service and devotion. Uh, what God has planned, in other words, what God has planned for your life, that some people are on the mission field. Some are called to the fivefold ministry gifts. Some are called to a life of intercessory prayer where they're praying constantly, consistently, daily for other individuals. Some are called to, to, uh, to acts of service in other areas. I want us all to know that if you're saved, God is more than likely giving you a vocation. And no, it's not just cooking in the kitchen uh, for the church. It's not just singing in the choir, not just ushering. God has called each and every one of us to be agents of change here in the earth. That, yeah, those are ways that we show glory and praise and thanks to God and to help uh, ministry minister unto God's people in God's house. But when, outside of the building, God has called us to a vocation. And justification is the major point I want you to get. In the testimony, Jesus vouches for us. He talks to God for us. He has a testimony of us. Yeah, if you're saved according to the word of God, you you already ought to have a testimony, how you are sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply staying within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters, lifted me, now saved am I. But guess what? His love lifted us, but his love also justified us. Justification. I already talk, talked about vocation, justification in Christian theology is the act by which God moves a willing person from the state of sin or injustice to a state of grace, which is justice. What God does, because what Jesus does when, when he died for us and we acknowledge him as our personal Lord and Savior, the Lord imputed his righteousness upon us. He gave us his righteousness, which put us in right standing, that made us just, that we can go before a just God. And though I'm a sinner, I thank God I'm saved by grace. So I realize that nothing happens unless God declares it to happen. So I've been 
placed in a state of righteousness. And this happens not because of my own righteousness, not because I'm so good, but because the Lord is so good. Therefore, we ought to worship him and we ought to praise him and we ought to acknowledge him in our daily walk, in our daily talk, that the Lord is so kind unto us that we ought to be able to open up our sanctified mouths wherever you are and give his name praise. You ought not be afraid to tell somebody about the Lord and what he has done for you. So his sheep know his voice. And, 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 and he says, uh, I know them. I know them. I know them. I'm glad that the Lord knows me. I'm glad that he knows my name. I'm so glad that he knows me. And the thing about being a good shepherd, uh, I already told you that the Bible describes Jesus as a shepherd, but also I, that, 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 see, a shepherd, um, because of the amount of time the shepherd spends with the sheep in his flock, he deeply, he's deeply connected to them and he and he knows everything about them and I in the past almost 14 years I spent time with different individuals at Southern and I know them I could call the role right now of people in the congregation and I know not just their name I know uh, people that are related to them I I know where they're from in the south I know what kind of occupation they used to have if they're retired I know who's still doing what kind of job I know who's sick I know who's well because people ask me to pray for them and I pray earnestly, so therefore I know them. And I want you to know that just because my name got on the marquee almost 14 years ago, I was not necessarily allowed to pastor them at that time. It took me a while to get to know the flock and the flock to get to know the shepherd. And watch this. Once the flock knows the shepherd, the flock will listen to his voice. Watch this. Uh, uh, any uh, sheep, are, sheep are oftentimes called dumb creatures. I disagree with that. I believe that you have to understand how sheep operate, how they live, how they move to understand what a sheep, how a sheep really respond to things. Their nature, their nature is that they don't respond to everything. Why is that? Because they've been trained by listening to the shepherd's voice. Mm, that's good stuff right there. Uh, um, even as uh, a little baby lamb is born. The shepherd will make sure that the other sheep don't, along with the, sh the, the, the lamb's mother, will make sure that that lamb stays in the fold to make sure the lamb is taken care of. The, the shepherd, uh, every shepherd has, of course, has a different voice. And some shepherds even had a different call that they would uh, give out to the sheep when they were um, um, out in the field or even when they were laying down, down for being laid down for, for, uh, for nighttime and the sheep got used, get used to hearing the shepherd's voice. I'm grateful to God that my pastor knows my voice. Even when he talks to me over the phone without call ID, I know his voice. Whenever I talk to my pastor, Robert Perkins, I know his voice. He knows my voice. But I'm also grateful to God that I've been walking with the Lord for a minute now, that the Lord knows my voice, and I definitely can say I know his voice. And I, I won't listen to another voice. Why is that important, Roberson? Because other voices are always talking. Sometimes it's hard for us to understand what God is trying to say to us, but if you really want to know what God is saying to you, you will spend quality time with him. Why is he available to me? Yeah, because he wants to spend quality time with you. And in the, what would happen, uh, the shepherd who would who would, didn't have a Memorial Day off, the shepherd would be with the sheep. And it's a humble job. And uh, 
in Jesus saying to the Jews in chapter 10 that the hireling, who is not the owner of the sheep, he will run when a fox or a wolf or some kind of animal comes. Those of you that remember in the Old Testament, uh, David, uh, shepherd boy, before he became king, he fought off a bear and fought off a lion. And David was not afraid to protect the sheep, that Jesus is not afraid to protect the sheep, that he even laid down his life for the sheep. And Jesus, uh, just like any other shepherd, would uh, oftentimes um, at night because of wild animals and men and women trying to steal sheep uh, for food, um, they would uh, herd or lead, excuse me, lead the sheep into a cave. If they were in a mountain, they found a cave anywhere they could take them for protection. And, 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 and oftentimes, uh, shepherds would get together, get their flocks together and bring them to a central holding place during the course of the night for safety. And in the morning, the shepherd would stand at the mouth of the cave or stand at the gate and call, make a certain call and start talking a certain way. And all of his sheep would begin to separate themselves from the other sheep and come towards the voice of their shepherd. That's what Jesus is saying here in the text. His sheep know his voice and I know them. And notice also what's going on here is that because he calls us out, it's not us calling ourselves. He calls us. That's why I'm grateful to God. He he chose me in spite of who I am, in spite of what I've done. He knows me. So when the shepherd calls them, they hear and recognize his voice and come to him. Uh, and, and because sheep have... Uh, sheep tendencies and as humans we may not always understand sheep tendencies but but sheep according to the 23rd psalm need to be led into a pasture so they can eat uh again the shepherd's job is to lead and feed and because every uh Greenery is not healthy, is not wholesome. Everything that looks good isn't good. So sometimes the shepherd has to lead the sheep in a direction they don't want to go. But that's God's voice in the earth. So therefore, you need to follow the shepherd so he might lead you to greener pastures. And then he makes the sheep lie down in green pastures, leaves them beside still waters because sheep will drown if they stick their heads into a running stream. They will drown. Water will run up their nostrils and it will choke them, they would drown even in a running stream of water, that this good shepherd has to sometimes leave the flock for a little while to go and find green pastures in a still stream if they're in a land that the sheep, the shepherd is not aware of. But I'm grateful to God that the good shepherd has already gone before us and he knows the thoughts he has for us, plans of good and not for evil, plans to prosper us and not to kill us. And, and uh, he will, all we have to do is follow him with our whole heart and he will reveal himself unto us. And because sheep are, have, have again, have sheep tendencies, sheep um, are able to hear uh, very well. They have extremely great hearing, but they have bad vision. And because they have bad vision, uh, they can't see too well. They can only see really well in real bright light. But therefore, what Jesus says, he, he says here again in John chapter 10, 27, uh, my sheep listen to me, my voice, uh, they listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. That 
not only is there tension here in this text, there's also a testimony in the text, but there's also trust in the text. They follow me. No other voice will they obey. They follow the shepherd. And as we're following the shepherd, what it does, it leads us into two things, which are sanctification and glorification. Now, I do understand that Satan and his demons, they walk around and the, uh, uh, they walk amongst the sheep and, and Satan himself is the prince of the air. But I thank God that God is greater than the prince of the air. I'm thankful to God that, that Jesus beat Satan long time ago in his own backyard. I'm grateful to God that God is stronger than any other power in this earth. So therefore, sanctification is not, uh, it's not being sanctified is not a denomination. It's not, it's not, uh, uh, what some people might have, what I used to hear growing up, but sanctification is a process that starts at the time of, of conversion and ends at the time of death or rapture, whichever comes first. It's the process of God, uh, who, who, uh, is sanctification is the call, a call out of the old self where God, um, makes us more like him. It's about every single day. He's chipping away at anything that's not like him, that he wants us to be, to not just have a human nature, but he wants us to have a sheep nature, if you will. He wants us to be able to follow him without question, to just hear his voice. And don't worry about how green this pasture was, uh, because a good shepherd uh, knows the difference between uh, grass and, and, and herbs that are in the field that are not good for the sheep and compared to some that are. And everything this looks good is not good, that I don't have to think, I don't have to worry, I don't have to stay up at night being overly concerned about some stuff if I'm following the good shepherd. There's some people trying to be uh, led by the, the, the shepherd and they come to our, our house of worship and yet they have seem to have their own agenda. I want you to understand that the enemy is still trying to make them uh, operate in their humanism and being their, their total human self in their flesh and they put their weight on the choices they made in the past. They put all their weight on their degrees. They put their weight on the fact they got a following. But I want you to know that everybody that is a part of the Lord's fold will already deny themselves, pick up their cross and follow him. There's that word again, follow. So sanctification is a process that makes us look more like him. And then it leads us right on into verse 28, which is glorification. The final dimension of Christian salvation, which includes eternal life in heaven and the eternal glorifying of God, that we've got to allow ourselves to be in a position where we forget about ourselves and concentrate on him. Knowing this one day be dissolved, but we got a home on the other side, knowing that even if death comes our way, this is not the end. This is not the uh, uh, end all to beat all that yeah there's a there's something else on the other side but while we're here we ought to be more like him why because God wished that none should perish therefore our job is to be the best sheep we can be because sheep beget sheep it's up to you my brothers and sisters to walk like Jesus talk like Jesus so somebody else will see him inside of you somebody else will say what must I a sinner do to be saved well I want you to know that you won't get that on all fours and start walking around like a sheep, but you'll stand up right. You'll throw your shoulders back and say, for Christ, I'll live. For Christ, I'm going to die. That the world will know that you know him by how you have love for one another. That it's not about you uh, 
uh, degrading anybody else because you're saved and think you better or acting like you better than everybody. Walk around with your nose stuck high in the air and degrading somebody because uh, they still doing things in the world. Well, that might have been you and it might still be you. But because we're under the process of sanctification, God is chipping away all that. And so therefore, you don't have to be perfect to be a believer. You don't have to be perfect to be saved. That God is using the unjust. He's taking the unjust things of the world. He's taking our crazy stuff and he's making it right. He's turning it upside down. And yeah, you might look at me and somebody might look at you and say, you're not perfect. I tell people all the time, you're absolutely right, but I follow a perfect God. And therefore, I know I'm saved according to the word of God. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. There was a song we sang in the church growing up when I was in the junior choir. I didn't really know what it meant at the time, but I know what it means now. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. And I made the decision while I was in college, even though I was raised in church, I really didn't know him. I knew of him, but I didn't really know him. And now I know that Jesus is indeed a way maker, a promise keeper. He's the light in the darkness. He's my God. That's just who he is. And because of who he is, I give him glory. I give him honor. I give him praise. I know he is the good shepherd. I know he has fought the enemy on my behalf. I know he stands before me every single day. I understand that the good shepherd lays down his life for the flock. That's why the father glorifies and honors him. That's why Jesus died for us. He died on an old rugged cross. He went to hell and he snatched the keys of death in the grave from Satan himself. Looked death in the face, said, oh, death, where's thy sting? Grave, where's thy victory? And hallelujah, he got up on Sunday morning with all power in his hand. And now because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. And I know who holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. He is indeed the voice in the earth. He has commissioned me to be his voice in the earth. Therefore, we ought to follow the shepherd's voice. The shepherd's voice ought to always be lifting not him or herself up, but lifting up a name that's above every other name. That name is Jesus. The lily of the valley, the bright morning star, Jesus. He's our big brother, Jesus, our savior, Jesus, our Lord, Jesus, our shepherd. Listen to the shepherd's voice, the shepherd's voice. God, we thank you even now for your word. And we pray even now that those who've heard this word have been empowered, understanding that that little becomes much when we put it in your hands. So God, we thank you for this, 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 this uh, short sermon. We thank you, God, for how you condensed this word so it might be impactful to the listener. I pray even now, God, for those that are even uh, texting right now, chatting right now, those that are listening right now, those that are watching right now, that have already made a salvific choice. They already are saved. But maybe, God, somebody make, needs to make uh, a, uh, another change. They, they need to make a choice to be more like you. They need to make a choice to be sanctified. They need to release themselves and allow you to sanctify them that we can be more like you in our walk and our talk, that others might see you living through us. So we bind the work of the enemy, and I declare it done even right now. And then, God, maybe there's somebody that's listening, that's watching right now, that needs to make a salvation choice. They, they've 
thought about other places to go, other things to do, but they other gods to serve, but there is none like you. There is none like you. So God, we thank you for your saving grace. We thank you for you pouring out your blood, allowing your blood to be poured out of your body on Calvary's cross that washed away the sins of the world. We're grateful, God, that you did die on that Friday, but we thank you for Resurrection Sunday morning that you got up. We thank you that last week was Pentecost Sunday, so you ascended on Pentecost Day into the heavens, and you now sit on the right hand of God the Father, and you intercede on our behalf. We thank you, God, for being the great God that you are. We bless you. We love you. We praise you. We acknowledge you, and we thank you for those that are making a salvific choice right now. I count it all done now in the name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Again, we thank God for you being with us today, and we thank you for worshiping with us. We thank you for uh, understanding that God has given us everything we have, and everything we have belongs to him. So therefore, we give back what he asked for, which is one-tenth of everything he's given unto us, one-tenth, one-tenth. Of, that leaves 90% if we give him just tenth, a tenth of what we have, our paychecks or our retirement checks or whatever income you have, God wants just 10% of that. Why does he want that? So that money will not be our God, number one. Number two, so that ministry can happen here in the earth because God allows the sheep to take care of the shepherd. Say it again, Pastor. Okay, I think I will. That God has fixed it so the sheep take care of the shepherd. Because, yes, the shepherd did have to eat some sheep, but we're not trying to eat anybody else. That God wants all of us to pay a tithe into the house of the Lord. Bring ye all the tithes into my storehouse, saith the Lord, that there may be uh, meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, that I won't open for you the windows of heaven, that you won't have room enough to receive. Uh, tithing is also a sign of our f- faith in him and our trust in him, our love for him. Tithing is another way of us saying thank you. So as you get ready to use the Tithely app, that's T-I-T-H-E dot L-Y, that's T-I-T-H-E dot L-Y, or Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y, either one of those apps so you can send a check or money order. Uh, Some people still sending cash, (laughs) but you can send that to the Southern Baptist Church, the Southern Baptist Church. Uh, We are located at 12-16 West 108th Street, New York, New York, 10025. We're asking you to do that, that the work of ministry might go forward. Uh, Next month, June is Gun Buyback Awareness Month. Uh, Southern plans on, uh, we plan on being involved in that to the extent that we can. There are things God is doing behind the scenes that we don't talk about on Sundays as Southern is still trying to move forward, even in the pandemic, to be agents of change in Manhattan Valley, uh, that area of Harlem, uh, that section of Manhattan, New York, New York. So I thank you for those of you that are giving gifts even right now. I want to pray for you even right now. God, we thank you for those that have a gift, understanding that the gift without the giver is bare. I pray that our hearts are right as we're giving, that we don't give in order to get, but we give because we love you. That God, you said you would rebuke the devourer for our sake. So we thank you in advance for as we give in faith, uh, little becomes much as we place it in your hands. And so God, we thank you for keeping the lights on and food on the table, clothes on our back. We thank you for the faith that we have in you, that we want to see your work done on earth as it is in heaven. So we bless you now. We praise you and thank you for these individuals. It's in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, who is our Christ. We say amen, amen, 
Amen. Again, we want to thank you for being with us and we worship God and in song, we worship God in uh, witness to the word, worship God in our giving. But I want to give you these last announcements um, that every Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. and uh, Thursday morning at 7 a.m., you can be with the Southern Church in prayer. I encourage you, my brothers and sisters, get on the prayer line. Great things are happening on the prayer line. We are praying for you. We want you to just get on the prayer line. Even if you don't want to say anything or pray, you don't have to. Nobody's twisting your arm. People are calling in from other uh, churches, other denominations, other states, just to be on in prayer with us because they want things to happen in their life and want things to happen in the world. You can meet us on our prayer line at 712-775-8972. I'll say that again. 712-775-8972. The access code is 967-013. 967-013 is the access code. Uh, I think it's a worthwhile venture for your life. Uh, sow into your own soul by praying and having somebody pray for you. The Bible tells that one can chase a thousand demons. Two can put 10,000 demons to flight. You can't pray. Uh, you can pray for yourself and get a breakthrough because you know the Lord. But sometimes the well, Bible tells us the name is how can two walk together except they be agreed that sometimes it's better to have a brother or sister to hold you accountable and you hold them accountable uh, as you pray together and watch God move and have a testimony of what God is doing in your life. So we thank you for being with us on Tuesday at 7 p.m., Thursday at 7 a.m. at 712-775-8972, access code 967-013. You can dial that same number on Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. As, and meet us on Wednesday in the Word as our Sunday school teachers are teaching on Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. That's 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Again, the number 712-775-8972, access code is 967-013. We want you to be safe as we get ready to get out of here. We want you to be safe this holiday weekend, this Memorial Day weekend. Be safe, be safe, be safe. I don't care what you're doing, just be safe. And then I'm asking you to uh, please, please, please continue to socially distance, continue to wear your mask. Things are still crazy out there. I don't know how it is where you're watching me from. Uh, the numbers may be dropping, but still be safe. Even if you've had uh, the the vaccine, still be safe. Uh, not just for your sake, but for somebody else's. Well, we're about to get out of here. I want to thank God for you being here with us. And we're going to leave with uh, listening to one of my favorite male Christian vocalist, Donnie McClurkin, Pastor Donnie McClurkin. Uh, we bless God and thank God for you being with us. But let me pray for you as we leave. God, we bless you now. We praise you. We thank you for this opportunity to be in your midst and be used by you. We thank you for being the good shepherd, God. We thank you that uh, the voice of God is still in the earth and we thank you for the shepherd's voice. We thank you for the call of ministry that you have on my life, God. I thank you, I praise you. Uh, I didn't want to do this, but you called me, God. I thank you. I thank you for everyone else that has a calling in ministry, God. I thank you for all of us to have a vocation, and it's only comes because we're justified by faith, and we're grateful for our salvation because the gift of God is not we ourselves who saved us, but you saved us. So therefore, we're justified by faith, God. We're we're made more like you. We're, we, we act like you. We talk like you, and the world can see that because we're sanctified. We're set apart for a special use. We're set apart to be agents of change here in the world and also you've glorified us still we don't have to worry about when this life is over because we have a home to go to so protect and keep each and every one of us 
all week long, God, wherever we are and whatever we're doing, we know that you are a just God, a mighty God. So we worship and praise you and we thank you and we bless you and we bless those that are listening. It's in the mighty and master's name of Jesus, who is the Christ. We say hallelujah and amen. God bless you all. We love you. Praise the Lord. Praise his name. Southern Church, and again on the, uh, I said that next Sunday, or really next month, 14 years I've been to Southern Church, the second Sunday, uh, my friend and my brother, and I don't call everybody my friend, but this brother is indeed my friend, Pastor uh, Jesse Williams, the pastor of the Convent Avenue Baptist Church, will be with us to preach my 14th pastoral anniversary. I'm grateful to God that he has sent me to the Southern Church, uh, sent me from Jersey into Harlem, New York, to be a blessing there. And I thank God for them being a blessing to me. I love you, Southern. I thank God for you. And I'm asking you to be with us next Sunday, of course, and then the second Sunday of our, the anniversary and every Sunday after that. We thank God for you. Thank God for playing Dr. Williams. God bless you.